Hello, welcome to the Joshua Generation Sermon of the Week. I hope and pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this sermon and encounter God in a new way. God bless you. Speak the blood of Jesus over your life. Speak the blood of Jesus over your family, over your situation. Speak the blood of Jesus. Oh, Ramasi. We speak the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. Oh, we plead the blood of Jesus. The blood that speaks a better way. The blood that transforms situations. The blood that speaks for us. The blood that defends us. The blood that opens the door for our blessing. We speak the blood of Jesus. We give you glory and honor. We give you praise, O oh Lord. We give you adoration. In Jesus' mighty name we worship. Amen and amen and amen. <laughs> Kindly be seated in the house of the Lord if you were clapping for Jesus. That one was a failed clap. That still doesn't sound like it's a clap worthy of the one that died for you. That rose again in victory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We would like to welcome those of us that are joining online. We say you are welcome, and we know that you are going to experience the presence of the Lord the same as we are here. Why don't you join me as we welcome our online church? Even Pastor is joining us online today. Why don't you celebrate Pastor, Mamwape, Ethan, Joshua, that doesn't sound like you are celebrating, Pastor. Praise the Lord. We also acknowledge the presence of Pastor and Mrs. Imakando. How many know they look like Jesus? Why don't you celebrate them? Oh, praise the Lord. And you look like Jesus. Why don't you celebrate yourself? Let's celebrate the praise team and the musicians. I think they are singing like angels. Angels, though, don't wear glasses. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk, chapter number two. And while you turn there, let me quickly say thank you to our Father and the Lord Bishop for the privilege to serve. A huge thank you also to Pastor Mwapi and Pastor Imakando for this opportunity to serve. And while you are turning to Habakkuk, while you are looking for that scripture, just a little announcement that is very important for us, and it goes to all our students, that uh, our fellowships in the uh, universities and colleges are resuming, and uh, we will soon be guiding you because we are in the process of uh, opening a cell, a number of cells actually at uh, Zika's. So in order for you to uh, be part of that cell, that is if you are from Zika's, 
kindly get in touch with Brother John Bambala. Uh, his number is 0978-352236. I'll read that again, 0978-352236. Right. Thank you very much. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter number 2. We'll read from verse 1 to verse 4. The scripture from the NIV says, I'll stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I'll look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. It means that he received what he was asking for. And make it plain on the tablet so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time, speaks of the end that will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come and will not delay. See, he is puffed up, his desires are not upright, but the righteous or the just will live by faith. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name, amen. This afternoon, I would like to share with you an encouragement, uh, positioning yourself to receive from the Lord. Positioning yourself to receive from the Lord. There is truth that one must know the art of asking. And uh, it's also true to say that most know how to ask. Many people pride themselves in the glorious amounts of time that they rightly spend in doing so. But there's also truth that some find, some find the lack or delay of answers confusing. You hear usually questions like, why am I going through what I am going through? Pastor, what sin have I done? I've been praying, I've been asking, nothing is happening. Others say I've been praying for others. But when I pray for myself, nothing is happening. Pastor, is it okay for a Christian to see a witch doctor? And others make it very diplomatic and very Christian pastor. Is it okay for a Christian to see a traditional doctor? It's not that they're asking, and usually they end with a statement, I'm asking for a friend. But usually they're not asking for a friend. The friend they're talking about is their heart. Pastor, what if you paid a bribe and then you confessed your sins later? Those are some of the things that you would hear from somebody that is under pressure and feels their prayers are not being answered. When it comes to praying or to asking, there is need not only to know how to ask, how to pray, but there's also need for us to have wisdom on how to receive what we have prayed for. Because the scripture tells us in John chapter number 14, verse 13 and 14, that when we ask for whatever we do, 
it becomes ours. So it means that it's not going to be ours in the future, it is already ours. Particularly the question that comes in in many people's lives is if it's mine, why is it not manifesting? Pastor, I've been praying for a wife for years. If she's mine, where is she, Pastor? There are three things that I would like to propose to you that are going to help you to set yourself in position to receive. And these three things are important, I believe, because we are coming from a very powerful conference. And in the conference, we saw the Lord do wonders. He released prophetic words. And his grace and power was evident. We were eventually anointed. Therefore, it's important for us to respond positively to what we received during the conference. And so I believe that Unlike the many other conferences that you may have attended somewhere, this conference is going to give you a different yield and it will not disappoint in your life in Jesus' name. The first thing when it comes to positioning ourselves to receiving from the Lord, to receiving what we have been praying for, to seeing the manifestation of our prayers, is correcting our relationship with sin. Correcting our relationship with sin. We can relate two ways to sin. We can relate wrongly to sin. In other words, we are permitting it to be in our lives. Or we can, correct, uh, we can uh, relate rightly with sin, meaning that we do not permit it to have a say in our lives. The greatest setback to anybody's breakthrough, anybody's miracle, anybody's progress is sin. Sin does not only zeroate a person's ability to receive, but it also removes you from the register of those that are receiving as it were. When a person falls into sin, it's like neutralizing, nullifying the things that they have been intending to receive. That's why you may have noticed by now that towards your breakthrough, the enemy will always tempt you to fall into sin. There will always be somebody available to annoy you, somebody available to lead you into sin. Because if the enemy has the capacity to convince you to fall into sin, then he's got the ability to influence whether you receive or you don't. There are several ways in which people respond to sin. Number one, they conceal it. Many people hide their sins. They act like it, it, it is not there, like it doesn't exist. They act like, oh, well, I didn't actually fall into sin. Psalm 66, verse 18. The Bible says, if I had hidden sin in my heart, I would have not obtained mercy. So hiding sin is exempting yourself from mercy. The second way people can respond to sin is by ignoring it. They know it is there. They are seeing it's there. But then they just don't want to do anything about it. They're negligent about the sin. Isaiah 59 verse 1 
says that the Lord's hand is not too short to save, or his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities. In other words, you are already aware of what is wrong, but you are not taking practical steps to correct it. The Bible tells us of a sad story of a man called Eli. Eli was aware of the atrocities of his, daughter, his, his sons, his two sons, but he did not do anything about it. And his failure to do something costed him the relevance to be able to serve the Lord. The Bible in James chapter number 4, verse 17, James 4, verse 17, says to him who knows how to do good but doesn't do it, to that person, it is sin. When we ignore sin in our lives, when we do not take practical actions to deal with it, we can affect our ability to receive. Like we have seen that God's hands appear short to those who are aware that they have a sin in their lives, but they're not dealing with it. The third response that people usually have to sin is allowing its past to influence their present. Allowing the past to influence their present. The Bible in Romans chapter number 8 verse 1 Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says that those that are in Christ are a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. Feelings of guilt and condemnation, even after dealing with sin, can affect your ability to receive. There are many people who feel that the reason why their breakthrough is delayed is because God is still counting the sin they did two years ago. There are some of you who is listening to me here. Born again five years ago, but you still do feel that sin you committed before then is still hampering your chances now. There are others that even downgrade their expectations and the things that they want in their lives. Well, they tell themselves, because I have got a child, the only person who will marry me is another one who has a child. But with God, it doesn't work like that. Because I aborted, so God will give me another fellow sinner who was involved in a similar atrocity. It thankfully doesn't work like that. Those are feelings that are coming into your heart because the enemy is trying to reduce your chances from receiving what is good. God doesn't come to us and tell us, last year I told you about this. You, you don't listen. You should learn to be listening. God doesn't count it. I don't know if there's anybody here who has ever heard God the last time you went to confess your sins and he tells you yesterday you did the same thing. This is what I don't like. It's only our earthly parents that do that. God does not count the things that are in the past. So encouragement to you is that the past is the past. You need to move on from it. What happened happened. You are now a new creation. You may have slept with somebody, but God, after forgiving you, treats like you've never slept with somebody. Why? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The Bible says as the east is far from the west, 
So are your sins far removed from the Lord. So God doesn't remember us. Well, I feel sorry for those people that try to remind you about the past. And that is one of the reasons why I avoid certain friends in the past. Because they try to remind you of your demeanors that you had in the past. Those should feel sorry for themselves. Because God doesn't remember the mistakes that you made in the past. People with feelings of condemnation tend to lower what they want. And you should not be among them. The fourth way in which we all ought to respond to sin is that we should confess it. We must repent it, and we must renounce it. The Bible says, he who says is without sin, is a liar, or lies to himself. And the truth of God is not in him. But he who confesses his sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John chapter number 1, verse 8 and 9. So when we come before God and tell him what we have done, when we come before God and agree that we were wrong, the Bible says he's faithful. It doesn't say he will condemn you. It doesn't say he will slap you. It says he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That sin that you committed, move on from it. Confess it to the Lord, and the Lord is going to help you. Inability to admit sin, inability to confess sin, is self-deception. In fact, the Bible in James chapter number 5, verse 16, says that confess your sins one to the other and you will be healed. So our lack of healing may be a result of our failure to confess our sins. Personal conviction that you are forgiven is very important to your belief that you are actually forgiven. If your sin is not dealt with, it is impossible for you and me to receive from the Lord. My second point, the second thing that positions us to receive from the Lord the first one is correcting how we look at sin, how we deal with sin. The second thing is our attitude to God's instructions. Our attitude to God's instruction. Every year when our Father in the Lord announces the theme of the year, apart from being excited and you know, knowing that God has released a new season, I always look out for the instructions he usually gives towards the end of the teaching how you are going to see the realization, the fulfillment of the prophetic word in your life. It's not just enough for me to claim it. It's also important that I follow the instructions that I am given. I was laughing the other day, one of the most difficult people to instruct is a Pentecostal Christian. Because a Pentecostal Christian, you can be in the presence of the Lord like this and say, let us now be silent before the Lord. You know that that is not possible among Pentecostals. It's not. You always hear, re, 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 re. Let us all be quiet before the Lord. Mama, mama, mama. It is always a challenge with a Pentecostal. There is always somebody who feels that they need to say something in order for God to see, to hear. There is always somebody who feels they need to do something. No, still I can't be in presence. I need to do something. I need to do, I must manifest. You tell a Pentecostal, speak to the situation. 
Father, in the name of uh, you are not speaking to God, you are speaking to the situation. They will start praying. It's difficult for many people to follow instructions. Haven't you noticed in an exam class that most people don't read the instructions? When they just reach, they start checking. Oh, kingdom of Matayamvo. Start asking your friend. But teacher, not that this year. The question is, you are supposed to be checking the instructions. What if the instruction says, don't answer any question? Instructions are very important. When you buy whatever it is that you buy, there are instructions that are attached to it. In many spiritual, in many, sorry, scriptural instances, a person's prayer request usually is met with the divine instructions from the Lord. In many times when we receive a prophetic word, God also gives us an instruction to follow. In many instances when God gives us something or someone, he always gives us an instruction. For example, when a man is given a wife, the instruction is very simple. He must love her as Christ loved the church, isn't it? That's simple instruction for that package to prosper. If I can't love her like Christ loved the church, she will begin to lose her blossom. The wife is also given instruction. She must submit to the husband. All right? So it's simple instructions that are given that a person must follow. In chapter number 15 of Exodus, the Bible says there was a problem. They reached a place called Mara, and they found water was bitter. I've never drank bitter water before, so I can imagine how it was and from which tree it was coming because the Zambezi River actually comes from under a tree, if you were not aware. So I was wondering, what nature of tree was it that was producing bitter water? So the Bible says in verse 22, they went and started quarreling with Moses. So to quarrel, it means that Moses was also a no-nonsense prophet. So they were arguing. And after quarrel, Moses realized that we are not going anywhere with this quarrel. Let's go to God and talk to him about it. God, the people, bitter water and the people are here. God didn't say go and pray. He told him get a branch. Showed him a certain branch and asked him to throw it in the water. And when he threw it, the water became sweet. I, again, I'm imagining how, you know, the water was sweet. That must have been the first juice that must have been made from water. Because it was sweet. And God told them in verse 26 that if you follow my instructions, then the disease will not be there. So you see that their breakthrough was related to following an instruction. Second Kings chapter number 4, verse 38 to 41, 2 Kings 4, 38 to 41. We read about another instance of something bad in something edible. The Bible says, you know, after a hungry day, the prophets decided to cook. That is why, you know, it's, it's very difficult for most men to cook because uh, they are here. They, they're out of, after a while they were cooking, one of them saw a strange spice 
and got it and put it in the pot. And when they tasted it, there was death in the pot. So they all knew instantly after swallowing the first morsel. They said, man of God, there is death in this pot. And the man of God, the Bible doesn't say he went to pray. The man of God received an instruction to throw into the water something. And the Bible says that the food became okay. And they ate because the food no longer had death in it. In 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16, we see there are two instructions that the Bible gives. God, number one, instructed uh, Elijah that the only way you are going to have food is there's a woman at Zarephath. You need to go there, otherwise you will die of hunger. So he went to Zarephath. And when he met the woman, the woman was equally broke and poor. So she was also longing that somebody would release food upon her life. And you know how the story was. He asked her for, for a bread, and she gave him, and there was food throughout until Israel came out of its uh, drought. It was an instruction that she followed that gave her the breakthrough. Another instance in the Bible is 2 Kings chapter number 5. There was a general called Naaman. Naaman was a very, very powerful man. He was an accomplished general, the most respected in Syria. The Bible says he heard that there's a prophet who prays for people and people get healed. And he came to see the prophet. And when he came to see the prophet, the Bible says the man of God never even came out. Now imagine if you're a military general. You've come to see a prophet. You, are supposed to, you know people are supposed to come out, you know, ask you how you're supposed to be greeted and the like. The man of God was in the closet. I said, ah, let him just go and bath seven times. And he said, hey, bath. The man knew that I was coming all this time. Why didn't he tell me to bath in Syria, where there are better and cleaner rivers? But the instruction was very simple. Bath or else there will be no healing. In Luke chapter number 17, verse 11 to 14, Luke 17, verse 11 to 14, we read of an account of the ten lepers. The Bible tells us the ten lepers came to the Lord and said, hey, Lord, uh, have mercy, cleanse us. It was between the cities of Galilee and Samaria. And the Lord Jesus Christ simply said, go and show yourself to the priest. Imagine an instruction like that. The priest is the one who certified that I've got leprosy. Now you are asking me to show myself. My, the priest is going to ask me, didn't I tell you I've got leprosy? Go back. But the instruction was simple. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. The healing, the deliverance, the breakthrough was in their willingness to accept and follow the instruction that God had given them. I have had many funny stories and you know, one of the most common things, pastor, pray for me. When you close your eyes, God says, three days fast. She must go on a fast, or he must go on a fast. You tell the person, three days fast. After one day, they come back, or after a week, they come back. Pastor, uh, can I now come and see you? Did you fast? Mm, pastor, I just did one day. 
because mm, you can die, Pastor, because the way I just seen the situation, I just felt, you know, I was even getting dizzy. In fact, Pastor, the doctor even told me that the way I look like this, I've got ulcers. How have the ulcers come now when it's time to fast? Unfortunately, in those situations, there's nothing that a pastor cannot do, be, can, can do because a pastor cannot change an instruction that God has given you. Recently, I was praying with, with one of our members and, and uh, she had a situation that took a bit of time. And so when she called me on a Saturday, uh, she wanted us to pray, I think, over, uh, over the phone. Uh, I felt in my heart that I needed to share an instruction with her. So I asked that, you know, would you like us to be doing Holy Communion for the next seven days? And she agreed. Oh, Pastor, I think it's okay. So every evening, with her, her husband, and the children, we would uh, break bread. And uh, at the beginning of the, 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 the breaking of the bread, you could hear, I mean, we, we never met physically during that, that whole period, but you could hear that somebody's unwell on the other side, and it's not like they're unwell of flu or they're unwell of cough. You can tell that she's really unwell and she's in the sick bed. But I noticed that as the days progressed, she was getting better with time. So every new day that we would come to pray together, she would be better. As a matter of fact, on the, on the final day, Ah, she was, she was even the one that called and greeted me, and you know, it was, it was very good. Then I called that we ended up the prayers on a Friday, so I called the following day on a Wednesday to just check how, how she's doing. Ah, well, she was at the farm harvesting maize. So, Pastor, I'm actually at the farm. I'm even getting maize here. And I'm saying, sick bed. I have an appointment for cancer diseases hospital to go and remove the, the problem. Now she's at the farm doing things on her own. This is somebody who had been for weeks not able to perform anything physically on her own. If you are going to clap for Jesus, that clap is, is not. So you see, the power was not in the pastor. The power was in her trust of the instructions God gave her. There are many of us here. We've been praying for breakthrough, but we forgot that three years ago, God gave us an instruction we failed to honor. I always share that funny story. One time, I was praying, Father, breakthrough, financial breakthrough, release financial breakthrough. We call from the east. We call from the west. Come, come. The money wasn't coming. So I came in church here. We sat, I think it was during one of the the prayer rallies. I think I sat on this side, and, and when I sat, somebody was walking to the front, you know, to come and put money on the altar. Stopped by me and handed me an envelope. So when I looked, I even, you know, when there's money in an envelope, you don't need to be told, you don't even need to ask at Mulichanium. Hey. I even knew that, Father, this is substance. Hey. I was about to put it in the pocket. God told me, uh, Go and put it at the altar. I had two problems. The first problem, the person who gave me the money was there. So she was going to see that the envelope is going to be put on the altar. So she was going to think, I'm offering it. Then the second problem was God. You knew that that money was supposed to be for the altar. 
Why didn't you tell the person to just take? You see that that is, that's the problem with following an instruction. It's because when you try to think about it with your mind, you know it doesn't make sense. You are wondering, so God, what is the mathematics here? How are we calculating this in order to get this? But thankfully, by then I had already learned the art of obedience, so I picked it, went and put it at the order. And there was no breakthrough, by the way. I didn't see anything. So I went sheepishly back to the car and was driving home. While I was driving home, lo and behold, somebody uh, e-walleted me. The money was four times than the one I received in the envelope. It was even safer because it wasn't in an envelope. Instruction is key to somebody's breakthrough. My question to you is what instruction has God given you? And have you taken that instruction? There are many times God tells you, stop dating this brother. Stop dating this brother. Father, God will change him. God will change him. Hasn't he changed you now? You are in the labor ward. The sister has given you a run for your heart, not for your money, for your heart. You are just on the verge of a cardiac arrest. Leave that sister and follow what God has told you. People, this sister, man, if I was a non-believer, I would have killed. You are going to kill even if you are a believer. So follow what God has told you and leave her alone. If God cannot teach you, brethren, he cannot give you. It's as simple as that. If God can't tell you anything, he can't give you anything. If you cannot follow the instructions that God has given you, it will not be possible for you to receive anything that the Lord has released. Accepting the instructions that the Lord has given us is a sign that we trust what he says. Proverbs 3 verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That is the key statement there. That when God speaks, in our understanding it may not make sense. But according to the way he calculates things, it is going to give us breakthrough. It's going to give us something that we want. I've had instances where, for example, there's a time I was dealing with an issue where there was a, a serpent that for some weird reason managed to find its way in the house. And so, I was, you know, because the house, everything is secure, there's nowhere where a serpent would have gone into the house. A serpent, by the way, is a snake. So when we went into the house, because when you say serpent, you sound Pentecostal. <laughs> So when I got into the house, for some reason when I sat, I had a feeling that you need to, you know, go around and, and clean the house. And I know I'm not usually the one that does the cleaning of my, the house. Everybody else was not home. So I decided to pick the broom, picked the, the mop, and picked the bucket and was going around. When I lifted off one of the little gadgets that are there, behold, there was a snake waiting to bite. Who knows that snake would have followed me if I decided to sleep 
without following the instruction that God had given me. Your breakthrough may be an instruction away from you. If you follow the instruction, you will definitely break through. It may not make sense, but God is not here to make sense. He is here to make faith. My last point, your willingness to take the step of faith. To position ourselves to receive, number one, we need to correct our attitude to sin. Number two, we need to correct our attitude to how we receive and follow the instructions that the Lord has given us. And finally, in no time is uh, up, it is our willingness, our attitude towards taking the step of faith. The scripture in Habakkuk chapter number one, verse four says, the just shall live by faith. Or other versions would say, shall walk by faith. Notice that the Bible doesn't say the just shall confess by faith. Now, in the book of Corinthians, of course, chapter number four, I think verse 14, the Bible obviously tells us that we believe and therefore we speak, which means that speaking by faith is biblical. But the Bible encourages us that there is need for us to not only speak by faith, but to live by faith. There's a difference between speaking and living. Let me give you a practical example. Living is cooking. When you cook the food, then you, you put it on the dining table, and then you pray for it, and then, like we say in the Pentecostal circles, you minister to the food. <laughs> when you eat the food, you haven't eaten by confessing. All right? So speaking alone is like there's cucumber in the house. There's carrots, there's green beans, uh, there's whatever else the ladies mix in order to make our lives better. It's there. And then imagine you've reached, you start speaking to the carrot, I speak to you, carrot, cut yourself. Cut yourself. I command mayonnaise to show up right now. Oh, mayonnaise, wherever you are, I command you, manifest, 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 manifest. Let me now speak to you, oh, salad dressing. Come and dress the salads right now. Dress them, dress them, dress them. That is a person who only confesses but doesn't do anything. I decree that from the east, my husband, come forth, come forth. Of course, you are implying that it's from Chipata or Petawoke. Come forth, come forth, come forth. But you're not bathing. Because the brothers look at you, you know. <laughs> because they are thinking, mm, Father in Jesus' name. <laughs> so while you are calling forth that Easterner, you need to bath and be around. All right? Somebody said that you, you are looking for a husband who is six feet 
two, you need to go to the NBA. <laughs> because here we don't have the height of that type of six feet. There is no two meter brother here. So you need to go where the two brothers are, Mozambique, Angola, Nigeria. That's where you find the taller brothers. Me, my husband needs to have six pack. Go to the gym. That's where they are found. Here we have one pack. Therefore, I feel six pack. Therefore, six pack. Active bodies is there near the investors. Go and enter it. That's where you find the brother who has six pack. As far as we are concerned, we've got faith. We don't have six pack. Hallelujah, brothers. You must do something as a response to what you believe and what you are confessing. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare that my wife, she's my wife, she's my wife, she's my wife. As I go to her, oh God, speak to her. No, he is not going to speak to her. It's your job to go and speak. Father, you didn't say anything to her. She didn't look at me. No, you need to go and speak. We do not just confess by faith. We live by faith. Confessing by faith is good, but it alone is like looking at a bus and knowing this bus will take me into town. If I get on this bus, I'll go into town. I confess that this bus will take me to town. You bus, you will take me to town. You bus, take me to town. You bus, as long as you don't get the, into the bus, the bus will leave. You start confessing on the next bus. You bus to a town, bus, town, bus, town. It will leave. I saw somebody shared a very funny video. Give me joy or I die. Joy or I die. Joy or I die. As long as you are not going to see Sister Joy, you will die. <laughs> we must confess and we must leave. When you confess the job, go and apply for it. When you confess the business, there is PACRA, there is ZRA, go and register. Now you don't even need to go physically, you register online from your phone. You cannot keep, me, I confess I'm a businessman, you've been confessing for five years. It hasn't started, register with PACRA. I'm a managing director. I'm a managing director. Well, we are not managing to even register with Parker. You might as well start registering. Faith is belief in motion. If there is no motion, there is no faith. In fact, the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 shows us that failure to apply faith eradicates your ability to make God happy. When you don't have faith, God is not happy with you. He says it is impossible to please God without faith. So God does not just want us to confess it. He wants us to live it. You've been believing that, you know me, I am, I am managing director material. Just look at your dressing. Is that the way managers dress? You're already letting yourself down because in your words you are saying it, but your actions are speaking a different language. If and if nations, if and if nations, 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 
They don't just insist on Shima. So you might as well start preparing yourself. Mix the diet. Not in America, you need to mix it. No, in a paka visashi, paka ni jechape visashi. No, prepare yourself for the future, my brother. The Bible encourages us to speak by faith, but also to live by faith. If we only confess by faith, but fail to live by faith, losing our voices and not becoming what God wants us to be. Speaking by faith was designated, like I have said, to work with living by faith. Did you know that the power of God is always available? Always. Always there. It's our faith that sets the power of God into motion of our lives. And our faith, faith is like the step here. So you need to take the step of faith. Because when you are trying to step here, it appears nothing. But as long as you step onto it, you will not find out whether there is indeed nothing or there is something. Most of us assume that I think there is there. And then we are in waiting. And then we are complaining, hmm, Mother, God is not answering my prayers. But the Lord is expecting you to now begin to take the steps of faith. He wants you to do something about it. You've been telling yourself, no, it's expensive to do business cards uh, because blah, 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 blah. My business now because is not making enough profit. It's 250 kwacha to make a box of business cards. You, you are believing that God is going to give you a global business. You are refusing to do business cards. No, me, I'm going to be, my business is going to grow. You are still advertising using your Facebook page instead of using another page to advertise. You've seen why people don't take you serious. It's because you are putting your business on your page where you are supposed to be putting jokes. <laughs> Do you know that it's $34 to host a website? 34 for two years. We don't have a website. We don't have a website. The people that made it, it's $34. You can raise that money in six months and pay for your own website, www.adrianwalia.com. You see that there are a lot of things that don't happen, not because it's not your time, like the way a lot of us say, God's time is the best. This is the time that God has given you, and it is the best. The longer you keep saying God's time is the best, you'll be growing old. All the time to God is the best. When you say God's time is the best, it's like you're saying God has a bad day. So on his good day, then he will give me. God always has good days. So it is us who usually stop our ability to receive. Praise team, please, please join me. We're going to pray a prayer. So it's us that must take the step. It's us that must respond in faith. It's us that must do what God wants us to do. What have we been talking about this afternoon? That God has already released unto you the things you've been praying for. He's already given you the things you've been asking for. But there are three things that you need to consider. 
how has your relationship been with sin? Sin has the ability to delay, derail, or even remove our privilege of receiving from the Lord. Would you like to rise? Is it your relationship with the instructions that God has given you? God usually makes it simple for us. He wants us to follow the instructions. When our parents are paying for our school fees, they usually ask us to be the ones to go and pay. When you see your parents are the ones who do the payment, you need to get consent. They tell us what to do because they trust that we'll follow the instructions. And when we follow the instructions, there's usually a blessing there. When we don't follow the instructions, we collect the money our parents gave us and we, we go into Chirimba. You put in village banking, they chase you at school. You don't know whether to go and tell your parents or to go and ask Kuchirimba. Instructions that God gives us are very important. Three, he wants us to take the step of faith. He doesn't just want us to believe that we have received. Of course we have to. But then we need to, with our actions, show that we have got faith that God has given it to us. So when the spirit, I have prayed that, Father, let me now walk on water. I must begin to walk on water. We'll do oceans. I must begin to walk on the water. What does the water mean? The water means anything. Water is neutral. Water could mean business. Water could mean uh, ministry. It could mean going into school. Right now, there are a number of you here. You have not been applying for school because you've been telling yourself, where will I find the money to pay for my fees? God wants you to take the step of faith. You haven't been applying to be promoted at work because you are thinking they'll look at your, your qualifications. You haven't taken the step of faith. You need to respond in faith to what the Lord wants to do in your life. You need to respond in faith. You have been telling yourself, I'll wait to have sufficient money in order for me to start the business. You need to start the business now. All of us are waiting for your business to begin to, to prosper. The church is waiting for your business to prosper. The kingdom is waiting for your business to prosper. And as long as you don't take that step of faith, you may not see the breakthrough. You may begin to feel like God doesn't want you to make progress. And so we are going to pray that song. That the Spirit will lead us to places where our faith doesn't have borders where we don't tell ourselves that, Father, because I failed in the past, I think I'll fail again. That, Father, because it didn't work for me in the past, it didn't work for my brother, it didn't work for my sister, it's going, not going to work for me too. Some of you are scared. You are scared because your father died young and you're thinking you too will equally die young. You are scared because you've never received any inspiration from any member of your family. All you've heard is negativity about you. But he who is in Christ is a new creation. Whatever they say has passed away. The new has come. There is a new you who is capable of being the president. 
There's a new you who is capable of going to the nations. There's a new you who is capable of leading a global brand of a business. There's a new you who is capable of being a faithful pastor. You must tell yourself, today I am staking the step of faith. Please, choir, please, let's, let's go ahead. You need to pray it. That's why I'm saying pray it. Don't sing it. Pray it. That the Spirit will lead me. That Spirit will lead me. Oh, lead me, Holy Ghost. Lead me, Holy Ghost. Oh, Rabasa Kotorobosh. Spirit, lead taken the step of faith to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that if you died today, you will go to hell. You don't know where you would go. Everybody's eyes are closed. I'd like to invite you to just raise your right hand. You are saying, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to take that bold step, that step that will allow me to receive life, to receive everything else. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. If you haven't joined them, we want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can still raise your hand. I'd like to invite those that have raised their hands to take a step of faith and walk to the front. Please carry whatever you came with, your Bible, your handbag. Oh, you are welcome. You are so welcome. 
church, we can clap better. These are brave. Whoever gives their life to the Lord is a brave person. That is the step you need to take first. That is the step you need to take first. Keep clapping, keep clapping, they are coming. 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 Even if you didn't raise your hands, you can still join in. You can still join in. This is a decision for winners. This is a decision for overcomers. Only victors are able to make this decision. Wherever you are joining your brothers and your sisters, church, let's celebrate them as they come in. There is no better miracle, there is no better breakthrough than giving your life to the Lord. Oh, we give you thanks. We want to congratulate you. These are steps that cowards don't take. These are steps that the brave take. I cannot save you. Nobody can save you, but Jesus can. And he is the one to whom we entrust our lives. And so this afternoon, I'm going to lead you into a short prayer. A prayer of dedication to the Lord. And the result is that you will receive the first and most important thing. You will receive the life of God. You can no longer die, you can only sleep. So please raise your right hand as you pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. Lord, save me. Forgive me of all my sins. Remove my book in the book of death and write my name in the book of life. From today, I believe that I am born again. I have got the life of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. We pray that you are blessed. We hope that you can join us for the next episode. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Joshua Generation BLCI.